Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to this Wednesday episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. You are listening to KSL News Radio, and today is a different kind of day. Today is a day where you could say the tides have turned. We were treated to some information this morning coming from uh, the state of Utah, specifically the Utah Department of Health and the Department of Vaccinations. The director of that department, Rich Lakin, who has been a guest on this program and has been spending some time with Dave and Debbie in the mornings, shared some information this morning that it's funny. I don't mean to like overstate my reaction to it, but uh, I, I had to kind of quiet down a little bit earlier today for fear of choking up. It's like we have, you and I have been enduring something for so long that's just absolutely uh, relentless, seemingly relentless. Well, uh, we might be turning the corner. You have heard uh, reported on these airwaves throughout the morning that uh, in just a few short weeks' time, there is a pretty smart estimate that uh, seems to indicate that we here in the state of Utah could be on the receiving end of 100,000 doses of this Pfizer vaccine. Not long behind that one, we should be on the receiving end of the Moderna vaccine. And the information we've learned here in the past few weeks that has changed this storyline so dramatically is the that, that special number 95. 95% effective. Updated figures from FISA here in the past 24 hours or so seem to indicate that they, like the Moderna vaccine, Uh, can yield 95% effectiveness. 95% effectiveness. That changes everything. There was a time where uh, our best understanding and predictions indicated that on the horizon that we would be on the receiving end of vaccines against the COVID virus, only able to boast between 50, 60, maybe 70% effectiveness. What that could have effectively meant was that these Uh, precautions that we take, the social distancing, the not getting on an airplane to go see grandma or grandpa or your uncle or your sister or whoever you haven't seen here in over a year, that there may have been, if we were facing a 51% effective vaccine, that we would still need to live in a circumstance like that. But you crank up the dial to 95% as it appears has been done by Pfizer and Moderna, (laughs) <laughs> and we're talking about we're talking about a very happy Thanksgiving 2021, uh, some birthdays celebrated together, Christmas of next year. You're hugging those you love without the fear of threatening their lives. And it's just wonderful. I'll tell you a personal story about tears and holding them back. I a number of years ago, when I when I first met my wife before she and I were married, she was a producer here at KSL uh, Television. And I was working for Doug Wright at the time, and I was very, very nervous. My, my personal rule had been, you know, you don't socialize or date too much with those uh, in the workplace. And so I had never done anything like that before. But then uh, there was this new uh, producer on the television side of things. Here we have this big shared newsroom, right? Uh, there are folks from the Deseret News 
uh, from KSL News Radio and KSL Television, uh, and from KSL.com. And in the in the non-COVID era, everyone is here working together. It's a hive of excitement and energy each day as we work to churn out the news and uh, form opinion and share it with you. Well, there was someone new on the team, and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I am smitten. This is what smitten feels like. <laughs> and I, I thought to myself, well, maybe just this once I could break my, my rule. Maybe just this once I could uh, socialize with someone in the workplace. And so... I did. I, I introduced myself. I found out that uh, that she and I uh, share a little bit of background uh, on the East Coast, and we traded some notes there. That was a, a wonderful, exciting thing to have that commonality. Um, but then I was out. I was out of content, as they say here in the talk radio business. I didn't have my segments produced, so I thought to myself, "Well, how do I how do I do that? How do I how do I find stuff to talk about? Things that will excite her and." Uh, maybe <laughs> present myself as a more attractive candidate for dating. Anyway, I, she had a reputation of being uh, very athletic and outdoorsy and uh, and eager to be in the out of doors and taking on challenges. And I learned of this uh, walk. It was a 50-mile walk. And uh, I'll bore you with the history of, of this 50-mile walk later. But uh, suffice it to say that she and I ended up as one of our first dates walking 50 miles straight through the desert here. 50 miles straight. Now, I wasn't uh, that fit. I wasn't, uh, I, I didn't run like I do today. I try to uh, keep up uh, with my running habits. You know, they've been falling off lately, but I, I was nowhere near uh, fit or capable or prepared to, to do 50 miles straight. And, well, <laughs> not one to back down from a challenge and not one to look weak in the eyes of this uh, young woman I was sweet on. I uh, agreed. And there she and I set off. It took us about 17 hours of continuous walking. And uh, my feet hurt, my ankles, my knees, my hips, my mind, my spirit. Everything was taxed. Everything was a challenge. But I had to keep up a good face, right? Because I'm trying to impress this young woman. Uh, She later would tell me that uh, she was going through the exact same thing, that it was a challenge, that it was an uphill climb quite literally. And when we got to the finish line, and I had accomplished that task, the, the stress and strain of the past 50 miles was so much that the relief was overwhelming. And I had to take a few steps away from, uh, from my now wife, then girlfriend. Well, I'm not sure if we were we boyfriend-girlfriend then yet. I don't know. Anyway, the, the sense of relief that I experienced was so overwhelming that as, I, as we've crossed the finish line, I had to step aside and, and kind of go stand off to myself for a moment because if I even tried to speak, I knew I was about to burst into tears. And if I'm honest, I felt something similar today as I heard on D2, it announced by Rich Lakin, again, Director of Immunizations for the state of Utah, announced that in a few short weeks' time, that the frontline workers, a select few of them, will be engaged in the first wave of vaccines to make themselves, to make their way into the bloodstream of Utahns. And that slowly but surely, over the next few months, that vaccine would ultimately make it into all of our lives. And let us get back to a time where we can hug Grandma, <laughs> where we can celebrate holidays like tradition dictates, and we can, maybe my wife and I will do another one of those 50-mile walks. They had to cancel it this year uh, because of COVID. But the relief I felt after this announcement uh, was similar to the relief I felt after traipsing through the desert for 50 miles. Uh, the, the tears welled up, 
and it was quite a task to hold him back. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. When we return, uh, I'm going to stop being all mushy, and I'm going to share with you some of the precise details that have been revealed today. Uh, what do you need to know about the rollout of this vaccine? I'll share with you the words of Rich Lakin, Director of Immunizations here for the state of Utah, next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Okay. I got the emotions out of the way. The only emotion I'm going to ride here through the rest of the show is excitement and joy. Got a little nostalgic and somber there thinking about the, the courting days uh, when I met my wife. Anyway, let's get back to the vaccine. The huge, huge news announced here in the state of Utah. Rich Lake, an immunizations director for the state of Utah, this morning uh, laid out a timeline for when Utahns may be able to receive this vaccine. Yeah, the COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, the one that Pfizer and Moderna are saying is effective up to 95% of the time. That is remarkable. So how's it going to work? Well, uh, we have a plan. The state has a plan, I should say. uh, And that plan will be executed by the various health departments, the health systems, the Indian health facilities uh, in conjunction with some statewide coordination. There will be facilities with the capacity to administer these vaccines enrolled under each phase or wave under the local health districts. Now, the phases and the waves, that's where uh, there are a lot of questions. Also, the numbers. You've heard me repeating and uh, others on these airwaves this morning uh, talking about the number 100,000. So here's what that number means. Pfizer has uh, telegraphed that they will be able to produce and distribute as soon as they receive approval from the FDA uh, a certain amount of vaccine nationwide. That number will be broken down and distributed to states based on each respective state's percentage of the nationwide population. Here in the state of Utah, we're about 0.95, almost 1% of the population. Uh, And based on uh, what Pfizer has made known to folks, uh, we stand to be on the receiving end. In the first phase, phase 1A, wave 1, according to the state's uh, rollout plan, uh, in phase 1A, wave 1, Utah will be on the receiving end of 100,000 doses. Now, we have also learned that this vaccine is a two-dose series. You know, there are certain vaccines that require you know, more than one injection. And so for the first batch, you have to half it, right? So 50,000 will be uh, given out to, and I'll, I'll talk about the prioritization in a second, who will be on the receiving end of those uh, first doses. But then so that the vaccine can be complete, those 50,000 individuals will then need to receive uh, later on the second half uh, of the of the hundred thousand, another fifty thousand. So very basically, uh, fifty thousand people, if the Pfizer numbers are correct, at the onset will be on the receiving end of the vaccine. Now, 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 that is that's just considering Pfizer. So Moderna, the other company, which here very recently made a very similar announcement with the efficacy of 95%, they're a few weeks behind the, the Pfizer progress. Pfizer has to go through a, a number of steps to get its vaccine approved, safe and effective, and that's when we'll be receiving it. It's anticipated Pfizer will deliver the first batches, but Moderna is not that far behind. And so, 
if the Moderna company is able to go through the process of Pfizer, make its way all the way to the end of that road to where the FDA declares their vaccine safe and effective, then they can roll out vaccines and give guarantees to states that you'll be on the receiving end of a Moderna vaccine. And so at that time, the 50,000 that uh, were sent out by Pfizer initially could then be given to fresh a fresh 50,000 knowing that Moderna is on the way. Does that make sense? Uh, so what we're looking at, you know, for all intents and purposes, we've got a big batch of vaccine coming. The first, according to the state's plan, the, the first recipients will be uh, those uh, who work in the COVID ward, the ICU workers, uh, the urgent care folks, health care workers uh, with pre-existing conditions, and housekeeping. Uh, those uh, frontline workers will be on the on the the front line of those receiving the COVID virus. I, I've put off uh, Rich Lakin here for for long enough. I want you to hear uh, directly from uh, the man in charge, or at least the man in charge, was sharing this information and coming up with the plan. Rich Lakin here uh, it talks about uh, talks about when they could get uh, the, the the first round and what they'll do with it. You and I have discussed this a, a bit here uh, for clarity. Is Rich Lakin? So our plan is that. Uh, as soon as that vaccine, that Pfizer vaccine, can be released, there's a potential that in November that vaccine could be delivered to those five hospitals because they have the ultra-cold capacity. It doesn't mean that they can start vaccinating because it's not been approved yet. So what that means is that it will go to these five hospitals, it will go into their ultra-cold facilities, and it will stay there until the approval process is complete. So that's a, a quick look at the logistics of this, that uh, that soon maybe even before the end of this month, uh, that, the, that the vaccines will be distributed to five hospitals. That uh, is uh, U of U Hospital, LDS Hospital, Intermountain Medical Center, Utah Valley Regional Hospital, and Dixie Regional Medical Center. Not far behind that, though, uh, the plan is for all medical centers with the capacity and the capability uh, to handle the, the, the cold temperatures required to safely store the Pfizer uh, version of the vaccine, that they'll be uh, receiving that. Now, those hospitals will have the discretion to give the doses to their doctors and workers. The state is working on this distribution plan with the Pfizer vaccine, but they're waiting to learn more about the Moderna vaccine. Both of them are very, they have a very high efficacy, which is great. This is really good news. I want to stress that the efficacy of a vaccine of 95% from both manufacturers is really exciting. Now, the waves, the the prioritization right now, wave one uh, will be uh, those in these in the hospital setting. The hospitals will have the discretion, as you heard described there, uh, to distribute the vaccine to their healthcare personnel who find themselves on the front front line or whatever prioritization is selected by those hospitals. Uh, Wave two and three will come. uh, This is just prediction uh, around January time. January, and that will fill out the rest of the healthcare professionals and those who are quite literally on the front lines of this fight uh, slowly but surely. That'll be done in partnership with local health departments uh, and also Walgreens uh, will be involved in that. And then uh, wave four and five, that'll be uh, you know additional people, uh, essential workers. There'll be a coalition of policymakers that come up with exactly who's on the receiving end then, but that's February and March. And then uh, phase two, 
phase two is when uh, the elderly, uh, workers at a high risk level, uh, there will be food prep uh, individuals on the receiving end, uh, others at high risk level, and ultimately, ultimately, it'll be all Utahns on the receiving end of that. Uh, And that is estimated to take place between March and July of next year. So that's about how long we got to hold out, all right? Because at 95% effective, uh, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll let the I'll let the medical professionals explain exactly what that means. Uh, but to my layman brain, 95 percent effective is uh, pretty darn good. Uh, so here before we go to break, I want you to hear a bit more from uh, from Mr. Lakin. There is a question about those who uh, are not inclined to get the vaccine. Here is what Lakin had to say. If we have a high vaccination rate, especially with a uh, high efficacy of 95 percent, meaning that 95 percent of the of those that gets vaccinated have a really good immune response. That's that's pretty that's pretty good. That's remarkable, right? That's a that's a very big milestone. And um, I would anticipate that if we get somewhere around 60% with a high efficacy of 95%, that we could see a reduction, um, even with a low vaccination rate. And I think it's important also to remember that um, through our surveys, we've identified at least that. 70% of the population is very interested in the vaccine. They're either most likely to receive it or very likely to receive it. So that's about 70% of the population, and that's that's a, kind of what we're anticipating. No matter how you dice it, it's good, good news here today. Reason to celebrate. Also a reminder that we still have some time yet to fight. Keep the mask on. Keep your hands clean. Keep your distance. We're going to get through this. A vaccine's on the way. We're going to take a break right now. We're going to get some news. When we return, I'll be joined by Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill. We're going to talk about protests, riots, and felonies. We'll explain next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.